You're listening to Transform Your Profits, the podcast for accountants who want to build a more profitable, successful, and impactful accounting firm. Your host is Reza Huda, a practice owner, mentor, and coach to accounting firm owners. Hello, hello. I hope you're well. I've had a good start to the day. So today I will be having a chat with Stuart Hurst of Accounts and Legal. We'll be going through Stuart's journey from when he started out, how he got into accounting, how he went from working for a mid-tier firm and joining a smaller firm called Accounts and Legal and taking their Manchester-based practice. He had a separate office from zero to 500k in just 18 months. Incredible story, incredible growth figures, which has only gone from strength to strength. And in this conversation with Stuart, we talk all things to do with how he managed to win a new business, how we started to build out a team under him, and what things he did, what practical things he did to be able to build that practice from nothing to 500k in just less than 18 months months. So as always, it's always a, a learning experience when I speak to other accountants. It's great to hear what others are doing and I can't wait to share this story with you. So without further ado, let's get stuck straight in and I'll see you on the other side. Okay, let me now formally welcome my guest. Hello, Stuart. How are you doing today? Hello, Hal. Fabulous. All the more fabulous for being here today. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. So I'm very pleased to have you on, Stuart, and looking forward to getting into your journey as well. So um, so let's kick off. We've, we've got a few people here, and uh, if you've missed the beginning, you can always rewind, watch on replay, etc. So let's, let's get started from the beginning of your journey, Stuart. What's kind of prompted you to go into accountancy in the first place? Kick us off with that. And we'll oh, God. I did it as a degree uh, and thought it was boring and it was rubbish and I never would touch it again uh, and left to become a retail manager at Game and then Toys R Us and Toys R Us was like living hell for uh, <laughs> not very long. I was so glad when that giraffe went bust, if I'm honest, like I was like, yes, there you go. <laughs> Happy days. Um, but during that time, it was very stressful trying to manage predominantly 90 teenagers that didn't want to be there, really, with a bunch of other managers that were all at each other's throats. It was horrible. And I just thought, you know what, um, I should use my brain a bit more again, really. I was quite clever. I was mathematically, logically always dead strong in school and thought, you know what, I'll try and get back into it. And uh, yeah, applied for a, for a variety of accounting and banking jobs and and off I went and it was obviously as most accounts on here and know hopefully it's so different from the textbooks I learned more in the first week at my accountancy job than I did at you know three years studying um what a debit and a credit was and all the joys so that's where it started yeah 16, 17 years ago now 17 years ago how time flies eh when you're having fun Indeed. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's fast forward a bit now and tell us about the journey towards kind of joining the firm that you're at now, Accounts and Legal. Is that right? So yeah, presumably yeah. you were working for a big firm. I think I remember, was it UHY? Yeah, you UHY. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll take a quick step back. Yeah. Something to know the story, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I was, I did it for eight years at a small village practice, went to ZeroCon, life changed forever. Oh my God, this is amazing. Digitalized that portfolio. UHY approached me to run there uh cloud offering if you like promised a dream said yeah you're going to run the cloud department it turned out when i got there there was six clients and one bookkeeper there that was like that was the cloud team when we started <laughs> um a little bit oversold but it was great it was great three fantastic years out for the i loved it um grew it really quick 
uh, and then spread from running Manchester to the 23 offices oversaw the cloud offering across all UHY and indeed even parts of Europe and beyond, mm-hmm. um, which was very go-getting and very nice. Um, and I loved it and enjoyed it and learned a lot. Um, but ultimately, like the direction that I wanted to go in was helping small business owners rather than like obviously they look after some huge audits, multinationals, and even the style, like I could never get away with wearing this even on a web uh, <laughs> podcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, there it was it was very very different so i i went to anl on the basis that uh they yes so they did exist so they're not 200 they're not to half a million whatever they they do exist as such but they were a very different entity and work in a very different way before i arrived so they had a london offering if you google cheap london accountant they came top that was the vibe that they were going for at the time um and ultimately, it was it was to give me free reign to like look, we we like what you do. We've heard about you. We like the LinkedIn was was where it came from mostly. Open Manchester, raise the roof, do it your way, go for it, um, and then kind of see what happens from there. Really. Um, so yeah, so they're not half a million mm-hmm. bits. Yeah, in some ways, it's an advantage. I say in some ways, it was disadvantage of like being connected to ANL in a crazy way because we had we had a, a cheap name rather than the name I wanted. The the regular service. <laughs> um and i was bound in some ways like i was accounting manager was the practice offer that we use so and it's okay but we didn't use it great so we was, i was stuck with some decisions um but yeah it was just me my only other caveat was i started with darcy i'd, I'd worked with the uhy and i'll probably touch on it later like we're as a combo we're we like chalk and cheese like we are opposites to each other mm. in the way we work the way we see things and the way we do things but it was ultimately us two that started on that that fee at zero and yeah and have driven it to, to half a million. So A&L as a whole has done an increased turnover by a million quid if you took the other offices in the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. But that half a million is is solely me ultimately in terms of like raising it and driving it. And then, well, we employed Max a little bit later on and, and drove it. So yeah, um, it's okay. not quite a solo, but in terms of, yeah, the way it's run and the way it's done it originally anyway, it was very much like I ran yeah. Manchester and grew that, that number separately. So... Okay, um, fantastic. All right, let's drill, drill a, a bit into that because I know from the accountants I work with and community, the biggest challenge or one of the, if, if not not uh, one of the biggest challenges, probably the biggest challenge that most accountants tell me they face is how to win new business. So, hence uh, the, the 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 titles of these talks are generally driven around kind of growth and helping others to get some kind of tips, some uh, inspiration in terms of you know how others have managed to grow, so uh, they can take some. Uh, you know, some learnings from that and apply it into their firm. So, you know, you appreciate you haven't, you didn't sort of start completely solo. There was already a brand in existence, but as you said, the brand wasn't aimed at kind of the, the typical kind of clients you were going for anyway. So it's not as if you were leveraging the brand in any way. You had to kind of create your own, uh, your own, um, your own brand, as it were, and attract business in your own right. So how did you go about doing that from a standing start to get into half a million? What were the kind of some of the things that you practically did to win the kind of business that you did and what kind of business were you getting because if uh, if it serves me rightly it'd be good to kind of understand you know the average fees you were getting and i know from seeing what you've done it's more about kind of dealing with bigger businesses so how did you go about from zero to 500k some of the first things that you did yeah uh, so the first thing was, was um the first start was the book like traction like i live and breathe that book that of all books i've ever read everything traction was the one that was like wow so before i even before i'd even like a set foot in the door like it was it was marking out that 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 classic like five-year plan three-year plan one-year plan quarterly into rocks like 
that really works. Like when we look at the numbers now for year three for Manchester, it's scary like how nailed on like that has been. And yeah, things have changed along the way and my role even has. But in terms of starting, like, yeah, if you don't know where the destination is, then you've got no hope. And too many people just randomly turn up to networking events or post some blog on LinkedIn or don't even know what their uniques are. So like there's a, there's, a, there's two key pages in Traction that talks about like the vision, like what is it? One line that sums up. And I mean, I, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. It, it brings into that infinite game and that 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 agenda that's more than making money or more than a, a real just cause. And like, mm. it's really hard. And it took a good few iterations and a good few arguments with Darcy, truth be told, of like nailing what that, every word meant something in that just cause of what that was. And from there, I would say, yeah, you know, I know you say that like, you can niche and you can, but before that, for me, the, the bit where accountants are crap is the USPs of what makes them different. Like, what is it about them? And they just waffle crap. It's not, it's not, I want three bullet points. If you're in a lift and you've got 10 seconds per bullet point, you give me them three. And like so many accountants just waffle around that and, and, it, and it's crap. And it's like, I could take your name off that, but anyone else is on it and it would be the same. And I feel like, Ours are pretty strong and vested in, and we're trying to live and breathe them. And, and for me, that was the, I am that breath of, breath of fresh air when I speak to people or network or do LinkedIn or whatever, that that makes a difference. So, and it was like, it was quietly catch up to me more than once a year. You know, I don't like the, the dinosaur accountant, like the once a year is not enough quietly minimum with every client, whether you're 80 quid a month or 8,000 full outsource finance function and legal function we've got available obviously with the legal arm but it's full outsource so we can do from from bookkeeping right up to management's a big strategy and then the third and final one is we are absolutely nailed on automating everything with technology like we really we love the app stack and again that's a big a big one and, and you know there's 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 40 apps that are core to our business that that we that we preach and i can nail them like from day one i can tell you that i knew that that although we weren't Look, I didn't have 40 apps at that point. I knew lots of apps from my UHY days. I didn't leap, but I could quite confidently say, look, me and Darth, bang, this is what we're delivering. This is what it is. And and that from day one has never changed. So that yeah. that was that would be a starting point for anyone trying to grow is like, how are you different? And yeah, 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 exactly. Um, great. So you've got kind of the internal, your internal goals, your internal vision sorted about how you are different and how are you going to take that message to market, which is all well and good. And I think, you know, there are several groups of accountants. I know that, you know, a lot of your messaging is aimed at those dinosaur accountants, which perhaps aren't even on LinkedIn. There's a lot of good LinkedIn proactive accountants there who are, you know, saying this kind of same things that we are proactive, we are different, we do things a different way, we embrace cloud. Practically speaking, that's all well and good because there's lots of accountants listening to this that say, yeah, we're like that and that's the vision I have and, you know, that's the way I want to work and I want to do full outsource finance function and all the rest of it. How did you go about it? Did you have any strategy or what were the tactics that you adopted that got you those initial clients? So what actually, what activities led to the generation of inquiries, which then led to clients converted and coming on board yeah. with you? So for me, uh, the big thing was a two-pronged attack really on the, the LinkedIn particularly uh, and the networking side of things. Like it's old school to go networking. Um, but 
linking it powerfully with the LinkedIn, like the two are intertwined and too many people rock up to link to networking events, in my opinion, with the business card. Fine, have a business card, great, but don't give 30 business cards out and have no follow-up and no connection or here's an email address. What's, they never, they get so many of them, like what's the point? So I always made a point of never having a business card, of having a QR code on my on my screensaver. Literally was like, scan that, connect with me with LinkedIn. This is what I'm about. I ain't doing cards, I don't do paper. Like even that on that, that networking stand of that is who I am and that is how I will be was a strategy from day one. And and then and then being consistent on LinkedIn, like turning up on a regular basis, like five times a week minimum, like minimum. Uh, when I was starting, it was, I mean, I've dropped off now because I don't need to like push quite as hard, but seven days a week. If you're really serious about getting to not to half a million, like you do seven days a week of posting, like and you can prepare them and batch them, like kind of thing. You don't need to do it necessarily every day, but you need you need for my for, in my opinion, you need to be visible. You need to be on there, and it's it's too easy for accountants to put that at the bottom. In my opinion, like that that I used to spend when I was growing that number, I would spend an hour a day on LinkedIn, not just on the content bit, on the commenting bit of the connecting piece and and adding my two pence on someone else's post that had a good following. So we're like we're like, like Laura Taylor, I look up to loads and has been amazing. I was 100% sure whenever she posted anything two and a half years ago, if it was juicy, I was commenting on it as well because I want to get into that scene and they're the kind of clients. She looked after some big clients. Well, I want a piece of that and I want people to associate that with me and people you've looked at that are similar. So so I was trying to connect myself with the right kind of other accountants, other specialists, other industry experts by comments, comments, comments and, and link backs as well. So there's it. there was a real investment and it probably started, truth be told, at my UHY days. I was on garden leave as it was, and I was starting to build like a, a brand. I did some daft videos and other bits and bobs. But investing that time and knowing that it is it is a, a three-month lead time before the wheels really start to turn and pick up. And I'd say another piece of advice is like if after three months you've never had a lead, like that's okay as long as you're starting to see like your followers grow, the engagement grow, the likes grow. People say they don't count. I say rubbish, they do. Because if they're always scoring one, 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 and you're getting 100 views for all for three months effort, then something isn't right. Like like it should be, you should be growing a following um, and, and find your following. You know, you could, the LinkedIn uh, Navigate is 58 quid a month and well worth it. Like you can see everyone has viewed your profile. You can do some really cool searches by industry. It can alarm you. It used to alert me when like, we, we, like we went after the marketing companies, digital agencies. I'd be have them in my sales navigator, and the moment they posted it, be telling me and bang right, I'm I'm commenting, I'm going after it. Like, and it's just more subtle than than lumping in with a DM, going, "Hey, fancy, we're a great accountant, fancy working with us." So mm. there's yeah. lots of little nuances of like, go do it properly, like don't do it half assed which sounds like, but but there's little tips like that. Um, and then on the social media front, like on the LinkedIn, like just be yourself like i am a bit like i'm a geek you can tell by behind me like and i don't wear shirts and ties ever and that's not a gimmick that is just i've always like not like that and thought that but so when i go to a networking event i will go if i'm in an iron man t-shirt i will go in an iron man t-shirt that's okay similarly like if i always wear a shirt and tie then do that on your videos and your postings like so there's just that consistency of brand and i see that a lot where accounts are maybe a little bit scared of being themselves or being a bit textbook accountant, like that's okay as well. Like there are, there are you know, uh, many accountants out there that don't do daft stuff that that do really, really well because they're, they're focused on their niche and their kind of people. Um, 
yeah, so there was that and just not being afraid to have an opinion. I mean, I know I pushed the boundaries. Like, I, again, targeted Sage hard versus zero. It was, It is a bit tongue-in-cheek. And I know lots of people at that organisation, truth be told, that I get on great with. Like, and um, But the reality is I'm positioning myself as a zero expert. And, yeah, there is some trash talk and not everyone likes that. But so many people come to me going, you are the zero expert. I know you hate the, the, everybody else in this app stack. So, so it's okay you know not you you can't appeal to everyone there's no money in being vanilla and being liked by everybody um so i i would rather get the odd nasty message and be hated in inverted commas by a section of people if it means other people love every word that i say and are really keen to be part of it rather than just scrolling on by so yeah which again you know don't need to be all as dramatic as i am but you have to have an opinion on things or advice like otherwise what's the point exactly yeah, you don't get noticed if you sit on the fence. So yeah, if you're on social media, you gotta you gotta polarize. Have an opinion. Don't be scared to say what you think because people who vibe with that are gonna get in touch with you, and people that don't won't. And you don't want the people that don't vibe with, with you anyway. Yeah. So um, yeah, well said. That's uh, all all good tips there. So so tell me. So was it all through just LinkedIn and networking, and were you able to? get the kind of inquiries from your ideal clients. So talk us about the kind of clients that you picked up, what kind of size were they? Because, you know, presumably, you know, to, to manage your finance function, you need them to be of a, of a decent size to be able to add the value that we do in terms of being able to pull together, you know, different apps to give reporting and actually add value on that, on that front. Were you getting those kind of juicy clients just through your LinkedIn and networking? Uh, yeah, I mean, generally LinkedIn was where the juiciest came from. Like, so like, yeah, the average value was anywhere from 500 quid a month at the lower end to like grand and a half, two grand at the high end in terms mm. of like where they were coming, generally speaking, that to give you an idea of like kind of what they what they were at and where they're at generally. Um, probably, yeah, around the thousand pound mark generally from LinkedIn. The networking ones tended to be the cheap, the lower end, the cheaper ones where they'd be 200, 300 quid a month potentially coming in, but wanting to get involved. And, and certainly early doors, I was more anything and everything. Like we had some like 100 quid a month and it was like, do you know what? Yeah, we've got capacity. Das did most of the work. Yeah, sound like we'll take it on. Um, but I think it's surprising. Like, like we, I think. The proposal area is where a lot of accountants fall down. Like I know, you know, Go Proposal and Practice Initiative are two fantastic pieces of software and we use Go Proposal. I've seen other accountants' proposals when we've gone toe-to-toe -to -toe and shared it and they're rubbish. Like they, they, they're still out of the tin that Go Proposal gave you with the first graphic you first got, with your first descriptions that you first got. And they're not, they're not customer-centric enough and they're not, they're not USP enough in terms of like what makes them different and... You know, I, I'm just a rubbish James Ashford. I always say, like, I pinch loads from selling to serve. The script, like, there's nothing different on that about asking about what the goals are, what the dreams are. But I think the proposal bit is pretty strong on for us on the, the value add and, and where the difference is. Um, and being a bit bullshit, you know, I, we, I come up against loads of people that said, oh, I'm only paying my accountant £150. Yours is twice that. Yours is, you know, 450 or whatever. But normally, that, that classics, you know, again, it's all James Ashford, but he'll say, what what did, what did you give your account out of 10? You ask that at the start. And they never say more than five out of 10. And you say, well, that's why you've got a three out of 10 accountant, because you're paying three out of 10 fees. Like, and that, like, bold as brass, like, like don't, don't discount. Um, and I just think 
like even basic stuff like tax planning and dividends like sell that dream of how important that is and and stories sell really really well so whether that's on linkedin or when you're at the prospect meeting like have real stories you'll have low if you watch my linkedin there's loads of those quotes i put on they're all bona fide genuine word for word what a client says after time i'm trying to rant it, write it down in mid-meeting frantically i'll tell the client wow what you said is a nugget there can i have that um and those kind of stories sell for whether it's LinkedIn or for prospects of look, I had someone like you owed forty four thousand pounds to the revenue. We sorted it out. Da 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 da. You know, pin on those pain points really um, is a big part of it. So, yeah, LinkedIn was chunky ones, but even then, I don't know. I don't think I'm a great salesperson. I just, I just good. I read. I'm a good sponge at reading lots of books and following it. Like, like if you follow Selling to Serve, ultimately is the best example amongst others. Like. That is by far and away the, the greatest way to to add value in. And and just never forget that some of these tiddlers be, become larger. So a big part of it was, again, quarterly fee reviews were nailed at the start right from day one in Manchester, from day one. And so there, there were genuinely some fees that were 150 quid that are now like 800 pounds plus that, that have that have grown. And some of them have been extra services. So we have had like management accounts or brought bookkeeping in. Others have just been turnovers rocking, you know, the company's growing and no new services. But, you know, there's been a few times when I've been a bit scared of saying, God, the client's paying 150 quid and now it's 296, whatever. Are they going to be all right? And nine times out of 10, genuinely, like they are totally fine and go, yep, yeah, the service has been great. You've delivered it. It's good. But um, but that's where for us, like the quarterly catch ups were so massive, like they were happening. 99 mm -hmm. times out of 100 there were some great tidbits there was future planning we were tax planning we were doing all introducing other people um and just making a difference so that when it when it came to the review it was it was done so 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 the fee the, the, the half a million comes from like yeah linkedin uh networking growing those fees then plowing those fees there's a good 150 grand of that that's come from from growing plowing that field once it's in yeah. And then referrals really then started to all the back end of that 18 months in of these clients then going, oh, I've got a mate or I've got another business owner. Duh, duh, duh. So so now you'll notice that, you know, well, you might do. I've been much less active recently on LinkedIn because I don't need to be anymore like, in the same way of trying to trying to win it because it's naturally starting to come in. So I can take my foot off the gas and actually focus on all the bigger picture stuff and not, not selling. Mm, absolutely. So some, some great, um, great little tips there. So if you've got any questions for Stuart, do put them in the comments. We've got a couple coming through. So I'll put those to Stuart now. So I think it's, uh, it's Clive, Clive Hand, isn't it, on Facebook. Would you focus, focus on creating content on your personal brand or on the ANL profile? Uh, or personal brand every day of the week, um, because it's me that rocks up. Like, we're getting better like AL on the blogs and stuff that comes up but our website's well it's being redesigned at the moment it's rubbish it's about five years out of date at the moment truth be told so like it's not a good representation so i would say generally start with personal branding but link it back like we have got a few people now that um post on linkedin as long as like that company brand like the quality for us like the quality catch up the tech as long as that's threaded within people's personal brands that you know I don't want anyone that will be too far away from our core values because they'd be going against what we were doing internally. So it gets harder the bigger you get as a firm and we're at 50 staff now and it's definitely getting harder at like, I can see why at UHY it's a nightmare because you have got this global brand and you've got guidelines to stick into. So the smaller you are, the more freedom you can have with it. Um, but I'd say start with personal. Um, and don't be afraid to get your own yourself in there. Now, I'm not a fan of 
this the selfie generation of like posting a selfie for no reason whatsoever on those LinkedIn posts that drives me mad and I wouldn't do that generally speaking but there's a hell of a following that do it and it does grow again so like what works to get you across you know I know I'm a geek so I've done a few posts I've got about my Pac-Man arcade machine just to the side about uh Tony Hawk Pro Skater and and just mixing and I think I've said before four pillars for like social media posting whether that's certainly on personal branding has been like sense of humor so like the daft tiktoks all the daft videos that i do is an important one and the other one is like personal stuff so whether it's about my own life what i like or my story my dad and his uh like the tragedy that we went through those two pillars always get the most views the most likes and get people to my profile and then the next two pillars are social proof so the stories i tell around real client things or um five-star reviews i'll put on or things like that that we liked and then the final one is the gets the least views but the bit that triggers the messaging is the actual technical stuff of is this new bounce back scheme or here's this have you used stripe or go cardless for the technical stuff and it's it's for me you just don't want to lean for me anyway i find if you lean too heavily into any of them you can become a bit bland and a bit one-dimensional and like it doesn't quite work and when i've got it ticking i've got at least one of those running every week and just getting that balance right for me is what really when i got that fixed and kind of working properly that's what really got people understanding who i was but also that i've got skills hopefully like and i know what i'm talking about on the on the tech front so mm. yeah some people i think i mean it works for some but the personal brand of just posting every time i have a coffee or wherever i go whatever is going on in my life is great but there's some accounts i'd personally I'd be like yeah but i don't know anything about how good you are so i don't think i'd bother but, yeah Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one, because ultimately, and um, uh, I'm sure viewers have heard that, you know, what, what is marketing? Marketing is is about kind of finding that person who has a specific need or problem to know, like, and trust you. And those four content pillars you've just talked about hit all of those know, like, and trust categories. So, you know, you need to, you need attention and the stuff about the personal, that kind of thing is going to get you attention, is going to get you visibility. Then the like stuff is about, you know, putting stuff out there that uh, other people can resonate with, you know, the kind of things that you like. And if you, they like something that you like, they're more likely to want to get to know a bit more about you. And then the trust stuff, as you mentioned, you know, the social proof, the case studies, the story about how you help your clients that kind of stuff is going to get people who have that kind of problem or looking to get um you know a bit more proactivity are more likely to get in touch with you so uh, great stuff there Stuart. Yeah. next question is coming in from angela k how do you decide your ideal client when you are in a when you're a minority people cannot relate to you and vice versa <laughs> I.e., my network is sparse so i would say like we didn't so right now we 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 work with all clients of all shapes and sizes but we have a speciality in construction and in digital marketing agencies which just kind of happened really from the kind of people we attracted and some of the stories and wins we'd got we'd got so we talk a bit about more about them these days but we didn't at the start um so for me your idea client is just one that links with your USPs, really, of what, what you can give them and what you can do. Like, I, I wouldn't worry too much about, oh, I've got to be all over the construction industry right from day one. I'd just be like, well, what what problems are you solving for your clients? What is it? And if, ask your existing clients as well. Like, what is it? I don't know if you've ever done that, but what is it that attracts you to? Uh, what what do you enjoy working with us? Like, because it's surprising. We got a few curveballs and we've done a like a, a customer survey of like what was coming back for what we thought versus some of the other little things that were were quite important um 
so I, I just focus on your USPs and what makes you special as opposed to going after an ideal client and know what you want them to pay. But there's, there's plenty lower down the chain that can be served better, like with technology being used properly. Like you, we can have, we've got clients at 150 quid a month that we see four times a year comfortably and make money on. Like it, it's just automating the hell out of stuff and um, none of the, the fairly small and basic. And the other thing on your network being sparse, that's, that is another trick that I've got to mention is when you go to a networking group, particularly if you've got something where you're going regularly, so the, the BNIs, the B4Bs, the Real Fives, the, the regular ones, um, one of the best ways to make waves is to refer other people into that group. And too many accountants, um, generally, certainly certainly places I've worked before, they'll network with people. And then then we have these catch-ups with our clients. And like, you know, if I if I'll ask them, what what is there anything I can do for you? I always end the meeting with, is there anything I can do for you beyond the world of accounting? Is there anything that you need in your life right now that that if I could imagine what I could get for you? And sometimes it's been easy stuff like 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 obvious stuff like trademark help for new companies and i've got somebody in a networking group that does that sometimes they might need they might have their house redone and they need a new carpet well do you know what i've got a client that does carpets like i'll introduce you like and for me you can you can so many companies are missing a trick of the cross referral not just from their client base to client base but from networking groups and really going at it and getting a, a set of preferred suppliers if you like that you can cross network because as soon as you start doing that like we hit that really hard and and they were like oh my god i've never seen an accountant sending so much work and all these things coming out and it, we were just doing our job like having catch-ups and clients were happy referral contacts were happy networking contacts were happy and then they were super keen to send us more work and um, we ended up winning quite a few of them as clients which was never the intention but they kind of saw what they were they were missing so so if your network's sparse, like, yeah, get out there and network, <laughs> grow it. Like there's tons of networking events, both online and and, and face-to-face really. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, get out there, get on there and get, get, get following up, get them all on LinkedIn. So they're seeing your stuff, they're connected with you. And the next time they see, you know, the, the people that saw me and went, oh, I hope Heather's all right with a heart operation. I'm like, I don't know, even know who you are, but you know that like, yeah, what I'm going through and where it's up to and stuff. So it, it just all it all becomes a togetherness the other thing last thing on it accountability piece every friday three o'clock me and Darcy would sit down and we had a scoring where we had targets for how many linkedin posts have we done how many views have we got how many networking events have we gone how many one-to-ones off those networking events have we done how many website views have we, have we had how many blogs have we written that week there were a couple of other bits and pieces but every week how many proposals we sent out like how many been followed up and we were religious at the start three o'clock every time friday set the goals and if we dropped them it was like there and then right come on book a meeting in for next week let's do it now let's get something to catch up with someone for the week after and being really disciplined on making that the most important thing for growing our business because it's too easy to go oh yeah well, we're busy this week we're busy this week oh we can't fit that in and we, we like fridays because it was end of end of day end of afternoon most clients weren't kind of chasing lasting on a friday afternoon and it set us up for the rest of the next week for like right we're going to nail them targets and it was very very rare we'd have two weeks of of not hitting the targets um so yeah that was again it's less as important now because it's kind of like growing more naturally with the referrals and stuff but but that was massive at the start Mm. yeah absolutely i can see why that worked for you then because you were so disciplined and actually taking the actions that were going to get you closer to your goals all well and good at this you know this time of the year particularly people are setting goals about where they want to be at the end of the year but if you don't have a plan to hit your goals, then it's just a pipe dream. So the yeah. plan is, what are the, the actions that you're going to take? What are the daily habits that you're going to implement every single day to make sure that you set yourself up 
for you know to for, for success for for the best possible chance yeah. of achieving yeah. success in, in where you want to get to so great tips there Stuart. So let's move on slightly and uh, come away slightly from the winning clients bit and presumably with all this growth and if you had that autonomy over the manchester office the next big challenge that i hear from accountants is recruitment how do we attract talent so hard to get people so tell me about that tell me about your how did you grow i mean presumably 50 years is overall in the overall company but yeah. you probably have some staff within the manchester office how and when did you start recruiting and what kind of setup do you have uh to talk you know talk us a bit through on the on the operations yeah yeah so it, the one mistake we made if i could go back in time it would be document more something that was in darcy's head right on day one uh like that got harder and scaled so um yeah definitely um in terms of hiring again you know, i sound like a broken record but like linkedin and tiktok has been a great source of finding staff that are on my vibe that know what i want that come to me like you know yeah one, one of our um yeah, a couple came direct that were just literally messages almost, not quite begging, but also almost like, yeah, if there, if there is a vacancy, like I want it, like, and even vacancies we'd posted up then on the website and on LinkedIn, if people weren't quite the right qualification, they were still messaging going, oh, is there anything else or can I fit into that mould that way? So that all been easy. Like, I don't, I don't I'm not going to lie. Like, it's still hard for us. Like, it's not like I've got people coming out left, right and centre. Well, that definitely helped um, having that presence. Um, I think being clear on your job description of what it is you want the person to do and how much you're going to pay them. Like there's this fear about, oh, I can't put a salary on it because I, I don't get it. Like, why would you not put a salary on it? Because what, you're scared of someone else in your organisation finding out? In which case, they're, well, what are you doing with them? They're probably underpaid or not right. Like, like why are you trying to con your own employees? So um, for me, transparency on like the, of what they're getting and, and what it looks like is is really important. And certainly whenever I, ever I've looked at jobs, if the if the salary's not been there, what is the point in me wasting my time filling stuff in? If it I could be twenty thousand pounds out from where I think it needs to be, um, so that's a big part of it. And again, using the network. So I'm not. I mean, I've got. I mean, yeah. Look, a few people from UHY came over over the course of the like. I think what we've got about twenty staff now in Manchester and, and Liverpool now office, which is open. There's about twenty staff up north, twenty five. Um, some of that, a few handful of them came from people that I knew at UHY as well. So having that network of history, if you've got people that you know that do a good job, then yeah, after confidence is sorted, then then they're an easy place to go. And um, but also at, at networking events and in your groups, like I mean WhatsApp groups for like I say in these networking events, put it out there that you're looking to hire an accountant and let them do the work for you. Because even if they can't send you work directly, we had a few people that knew people that were doing their AAT uh, that were like, oh. That weren't on LinkedIn, or they found me from Facebook, actually on my Facebook, of like, oh, here's this guy's profile. Like, I know you're looking for a job, get involved. So, so share it with like any business and, and even even your clients, like, let them know life is good, you're growing. Like, do you know anyone that wants a job in, in finance? Because that's one of the easiest ways for them to repay like the favors sometimes if they can't send you work necessarily. It's, it's looking mm. out for individuals. So, we had a few like that as well, to be honest, that were, that were good. Um, so the only the ones we struggle with are when we've had to find a specialist like a tax specialist or a, where it's been a bit harder where we've been we've had to go down like a recruitment agency and recruitment fee but we're never too keen on that truth be told and generally like certainly on the accounting front we don't we don't need to do that um I'm trying to think if there's anything else really that we the other one is like push we do push the staff in terms of like the promotions like 
there are some that are not qualified that have progressed really well though managing and are doing a fantastic job that some of the best people I've worked with and we're like do you know what yeah let's let's give them the promotion let's give them the pay rise and then hire more junior because I, mm. I think everyone probably finds that it's easier to the lower you're hiring the easier it is to find like this we like finding graduates is relatively straightforward that's I would say if you're struggling there you're probably really struggling there's something wrong in the messaging like kind of thing if you can't mm. find a graduate yeah yeah, exactly. All good tips there. And um, yeah, as I, as I say as well, in terms of, you know, we have a, like, like we market to prospective clients with what our value proposition is. We need to do the same thing to attract the best caliber of, of talent into our firm. So they kind of go hand in hand by, you know, actually getting out there on things like social media and saying what you're all about. And, you know, the way you attract clients to your personal brand, you will attract uh, potential employees to it as well. Yeah. And I think the other one, last, last thing, sorry, last, last thing on that. There has been multiple times where we've been so confident from that interview, like me and Darth had been messaging on the chat and going, we'll offer you the job. Like we're not some, they play this game of like, oh, certainty, let me go back and think about it. And I write a contract and I'll offer you in a week. And they might have, often they had several interviews, but we were often the only one that said there and then, do you know what? Yeah, we like what we see. Here you go. We'll offer you, we'll offer you right now. I don't need to decide right now, but we're so confident. Like, we'll do it now. And and some people, it was great for us. Other accountants were spending a week, two weeks of like dilly-dallying. And it just, they just felt less cared about and less important, I would say. Mm -hmm. So we, I think we got the jump on a few people just by being quick and, and saying yeah. in the interview. Absolutely. Good stuff. So, and so what does your operation look like then? How, uh, how have you got your setup between say more experienced managers and juniors underneath your operator pod structure? What does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. Generally it's grown into, into pods. So it started, yeah, with a, well, a pod of one, a team of one really. And yeah, it's, we've kept it probably more traditional in the sense that like, yeah, there's a pod leader that owns like all those client, uh, or like their accountancy manager, if you like. So they're the head of communication and then they've got a team underneath them of, um, a pack qualified and some juniors that are doing their AAT but then look after like the junior do all the bookkeeping for example and then the next step is to take like VAT flows from them so they take control of those and responsibility for chasing those and then move they get delegated year-end accounts but it's the manager or assistant manager that that runs that so that's really quite traditional in, a, in, in that sense I guess of the way that was structured um we use that yeah hell of a lot of tech that we try and avoid like well no paper but even like word and excel where possible just bin it off like so like our VAT flows our year-end flows like dext it used to be called xavier what is it dext precision not prepared dext precision now if you anyone's not used that like it is so good and it's not just for the health score and it's it's like three quid a client or whatever something like that but christ like it's worth its weight in gold that the process wise that that delivers and the structure so i know that there is a 21 step VAT return that every single person in this firm does and it's it's reviewed to the same standard every single time is huge and use as much as tech as possible to kind of like automate those internal processes as opposed to oh i don't want to spend it's another it's another 500 quid a month but the time it saves that those managers and ensuring that like the juniors have got a consistent working practice is huge like i'd be employing another member of staff for the price i'd be paying for like managing those vat flows so yeah, that was that's quite a big one as well as you grow is is like mm -hmm. invest in that tech where you can as early as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely uh, investment in software will pay off in terms of the time savings that you can make. So no point uh, scrimping and saving on things like that. Well, time flies because we're already out of time. And uh, 
Thank you so much, Stuart. Thank you for uh, coming along today and sharing your insights okay. with us, which has been very, very useful, I'm sure, for the audience as well. If you didn't quite get a chance to uh, to ask a question and you're watching this on replay, feel free to put it in the comments and and tag uh, either of us in. And hopefully, if uh, Stuart is free, he'll be able to, to answer you on whichever platform it is that you have listened in on. But otherwise, uh, and... Um, yeah, if you want to catch up on the previous episodes I've had with other accountants, then uh, go to the podcast, Transform Your Profits, and you'll be able to see it on there. Otherwise, thank you very much for listening. Thank you once again, Stuart, and I will catch up with you all very soon. Take care and bye for now. I hope you got value from that episode. And if you want to spend more time together, where we go deeper on topics like pricing, marketing, sales, building a team and processes so you can build a firm that is less reliant on you, then come and join the TYP mentoring community. It's my membership program where I deliver practical mentoring sessions from my personal experience of building my practice and share resources that I have created and use in my firm. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel and waste time and money making mistakes like I did. There's an amazing community of 100 plus accountants that you get to meet every week, share challenges, best practices, and use the power of the group to shortcut your learnings. Go to resahuda.com forward slash mentoring to find out more. Thank you for listening. For more free content, videos, and resources, visit www.rezahuda.com. And if you haven't already, come and join the community in our Transform Your Profits Facebook group, where we support each other to build more successful, profitable, and impactful accounting firms.